Good morning to you all. Um, if you don't know me, I'm Pastor Allison. I'm married to Pastor Andrew here, but also one of the pastors here. I'm happy to serve you today. And today we are starting a new sermon series called Love Your Church, and it's based on a book called Love Your Church, Eight Great Things About Being a Church Member. And the point of this sermon series is to help us to grow more in love with the local church, our church right here at Emmanuel. I want to start by reflecting on a scripture passage. In the books of Acts, of Acts chapter 9, we learn about a man named Saul, and he was someone who was persecuting the church or taking people who believed in Jesus and putting them in jail or even executing them. But Jesus appeared to him along the side of the road and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Jesus then was associating himself with the church, with the people of God, with the people who would gather and follow him. And so Jesus was saying that he loves the church, that he loves his people, and that to persecute the church means to persecute Christ. And so I want to flip that around and say, to love the church means to love Christ. So Pastor and I hope that in the next few weeks as we go through this sermon series that we will be able to grow more in love with the church, with the gathering of believers, and to grow more in love with Jesus along the way and remembering who we are and whose we are and all that he has for us in the church. So I want to answer some questions such as why church? Why should we belong to church? What's the purpose in being here? What role do you have here during the week? So for some of you, maybe you have been members of the church, whether it's this one or another church, for a long time. You were born, baptized, confirmed, raised there. I know that was my childhood, um, baptized in the same church, raised up into confirmation, and then left that church when I went to college. Or maybe you have always just been going to church, and it's just the thing you do on Sunday mornings. You can't go a week without coming um, because it's part of your life history. Maybe you were married into the church and your spouse has attended here, or you moved to town and wanted to find a church to be part of because that was meaningful and important to you. Or maybe you're a guest here today and visiting, or maybe you've been visiting for a while. Maybe you've invited somebody to join you today. Something has stirred in your heart to bring you here this morning. And no matter what that reason may be, I want you to know that God wanted you here this morning for a reason. It's no accident that you are here. And we want our church to be a place where you experience the power and love of Jesus by being surrounded by Christian community right around you. So I want to ask you, what are some of the best memories you have of going to church? Think about that in your mind for a little bit. For me, growing up, it was potluck meals. It was decorating the Christmas tree as a church and inviting all the kids to come up and put all of the ornaments on the tree and hearing the history behind all of those ornaments. I remember the youth worship services in high school that I would attend and help lead worship with. I remember spending time singing in the worship band having campfires and hayrides in the fall with the whole church community. And I remember going to family camp at Okaboji Family Camp with all the other families in our church that loved going there. Now, it's been about five years officially to the week that Pastor Andrew and our family have moved here. And so some of the best memories I have over the last five years of being here have been 
teaching our epic youth ministry. I love when this, this area up here is packed full of those kids jumping around and praising God and then doing our studies, and I can't wait for the fall. This summer, without the kids around, has been challenging and a weight on my heart, and I can't wait for a few weeks when that's going to happen again. I love spending time with my small group. I love the season of Lent. I've always loved the season of Lent, but especially here when we have the meals downstairs and the intimate worship with the lights down, it's beautiful and meaningful. And I remember the first month that we were here, we had a fun potluck and swimming party out at Riverside. I still remember that and how wonderful it was to gather. Do you notice a theme here? All of these things involve community and being with other believers. Because church is not an individualistic or isolated program, it is much, much more than that. So I invite you to reflect on that, of what comes to mind for you when you're Think of your best memories of going to church. Or maybe for some of you, you haven't been in church very long. You haven't had the opportunity to experience those things. And if not, that's okay. We hope that you will. Or maybe you have a difficult history with the church and you've had some not-so-great experiences. Maybe some negativity or broken relationships. Whatever that may be for you, I want you to know that Jesus loves the church and I want you to be part of that. So how can we love the church and be a place where others can grow and love the church? So why church? How is going to church and having a church family important? How is going to church and having a church family different than any other activity that you may pour yourself into? It may be a club, an event, a program that you enjoy being part of. Because let's admit it, that when we are passionate about something, we pour ourselves into it. It may be money or countless hours of things that we enjoy. Um, football, concerts, we just had RAGBRAI, um, community theater, social groups, whatever that may be for you. But what about the church? And I mean Emmanuel, here with us. If someone were to come up to you and ask you, why do you go to church, what would your answer be? So I want to look at this question, why church? Well, there are three things that I want to point out. First is to gather with other believers in a place where we belong and feel welcome. That's why I had you all say that this morning, is to tell people you belong here, you are welcome here. And the second is to remember our identity is founded in Jesus. Because when we gather to worship, we learn, we grow, we remember who we are, and then we respond and worship for Christ and all he has done to us. So today I want to go through each of these words, which is to gather, to belong, to remember, and to respond. We gather in a place where we belong, where we remember what our Lord Jesus has done for us, and we respond in worship to him. Gathering as a church is a central part of God's purpose for us here on earth and in our faith. In the Bible, the word ekklesia is Greek for the word church, and it literally means to gather. So gathering, specifically the gathering of believers, for the purpose of worshiping God, sharing in the hope of Christ with one another, and the gathering of the whole body of believers all around the world, on heaven and on earth. So when we worship God here this morning, we're also joining in the heavenly worship of angels worshiping God right now. All right, so God created us for community. 
Um, at the beginning of time, when he created Adam and Eve, he wanted to be in relationship with them and have them in relationship with one another. And then God established his people, Israel, through the descendants of Abraham. And then when Jesus came into the picture, he made it clear that God longed for a relationship with all of his people. The first church God established was through Peter on earth. So I want to read Matthew 16 for us. Verses 13 through 17, it says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah. You are the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. So he gives him a new name. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Haiti will not overcome it. Peter literally means rock. And so Jesus is saying, I am commissioning you, Peter, to go and establish the church, the gathering of people in my name, in the name of Jesus. And this was before he died on the cross. He had a plan for establishing the church of people. And he establishes the church as powerful in this passage. A church with Jesus as Messiah and as Lord is powerful over the gates of Haiti, over the gates of hell, which cannot be overcome. So how great is it that we are called Emmanuel, God with us, because God is present with us. And that means that we as a church are mighty, and we are strong, and we are powerful when we are together in the name of Jesus. And then later in Acts, Jesus establishes the church through a powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. And Peter does exactly what Jesus told him would happen. He tells the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then 3,000 people join that church. It becomes a church, a gathering people in the name of Jesus who want to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. And so in Acts 2, Let's read what happens after this church. 3,000 people come together. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers are together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. We have looked at this passage a lot, I know, in the past. I know I've even preached on it. But what a beautiful image of what the church looks like. Even some of these things listed in here could look and should look like us. So this was a church, an established group of people, who gathered together, and they did all sorts of things. They had times of teaching and learning about Jesus. They had the breaking of bread, so communion or meals with together. They had time of prayer. They experienced signs and wonders. I hope someday we can experience signs and wonders as we gather together. They met in established location, which was the temple courts. They met in homes as well and ate together. Sounds like small groups right there. They praised God, enjoyed one another, and they did this as they did this, more people joined them. 
And I want to point out that it was the Lord who added to their number daily. It was the work of Jesus doing that. And what a testament to God's purpose and power at work in the early church and its mission that God would establish this community, carry that out, his plan for his people, and then bless them with his presence and with their growth. There is a passage, though, that I want to point out. In Hebrews 10, 25, it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is actually something that I preached on not too long ago, because there is a real danger when we don't meet together and make a habit of not meeting together. It brings discouragement to the church. It brings discouragement to individuals in the church. And that explains why it is so powerful when we do gather. Now, I'm going to be honest. There are people online today or in our church community who literally are unable to attend our church. Maybe it's a physical limitation, illness, um, transportation. Our calling then is to go and be the church to them to bring that church to them, bring that community to them, to share a meal with them, to love them right where they are at. So if that's something you want to do, we have opportunities for that, and we would love to invite you to um, join us in that because we believe that they belong and are part of our church community just as much as you are here today. The next word I want to point out is the word belong. We were made to belong. It was part of God's plan for identity in this world. And let's face it, people in our world, we want to be known and we want to know others. One of the biggest indicators of people longing to be connected with others is through the internet and the creation of social media. So here are some statistics for you today. 4.8 billion people use social media to be connected to others. And this number is expected to grow by 10 million people by 2027. People in the U.S. have an average of seven social media accounts. And that's an average because they long to be connected with people in different ways. So we long for connection. And nothing explained our need for connection more than our experience during the pandemic of not being able to meet together. I remember how beautiful it was when we were able to come back in person. As we determined earlier, our God is a relational God. And he has created a way for us to connect via the church. Jesus longs for us to have deep and genuine, meaningful relationships with one another, a place where we feel that we belong. Because when we meet, it's like the kingdom of God on earth. It's an assembly of his people and a place that should feel like home, where we have trust and honesty with one another, where we have real fellowship and real community, and where in this space you can experience the love of Jesus. So I want you to think about this question. When was there a time when you gathered with other believers and felt like you belonged? I want to share two brief stories with you. The first is a time when I didn't feel that I belonged. Um, One time I was invited to a worship event, and I knew it would be with people from my past church that I had been a part of, and I was really excited to see all of these people and connect with them and reconnect with them and worship alongside of them. There was a really great dinner and then worship afterwards, but I remember feeling so uncomfortable and out of place because people that I had known weren't coming and greeting me. I felt like they all had their own little cliques and groups that they were part of, 
by the time worship started, my emotions started to get to me that I felt like I couldn't even worship alongside these people because I felt so disconnected and I left that night feeling discouraged. And so I want to point out that not feeling like you belong or are welcome can really affect your ability to worship God along other believers. We need to be a church where people, anybody here, can feel that they belong and are welcome. Another story is a time when I did feel that I belonged. It was several years ago that Andrew had graduated from seminary, and I had spent the last several years staying home with the kids and working part-time or in the church or volunteering in the church. And I know I've shared this story before, but I felt a longing and purpose for vocational ministry. But I was terrified. I didn't think I was good enough for seminary. I didn't know what I was going to be if I went to seminary. Would I be a pastor or a children's leader? And I didn't think I could manage going back to school and doing schoolwork again. Although, I did better than Andrew, so it's okay. (laughs) Really, he admits it. So, it was early August 2017, and I had spent the summer exploring different schools. It was our one year in Kentucky, um, but the Master's Institute kept coming to mind, and that's where Andrew had graduated from. So, in early August, weeks before school was supposed to start, I decided to apply and went through the application process and did all the work and interview stuff, and then I waited to see what would happen. And it was an anxious wait because I knew that if I got in, that that was God affirming, like, yes, this is where you're supposed to go. And I got a call from Kendra Deal, who we've had here before, and she was the spiritual director, formation director at that time, and she made it very, very clear, we want you here. God wants you here. And every time I went to school, and gathered with other people. I felt like I belonged. I was cared for. I was loved. They longed to see me grow and not become stagnant. They longed for me to grow in my leadership skills and also in my faith journey. I could call them anytime and reach out to those people and feel loved. And that's what I experienced all throughout my MI journey. It was such a blessing. And I was able to gather with other believers and worship freely and I felt truly like I belonged there. I hope that you have experiences like that too. In Ephesians 2, 19 through 22, when talking about breaking down the barrier between Jew and Gentile through the blood of Jesus Christ, Paul says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus as the chief cornerstone, In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. According to this passage, the church is a place where you belong. It says you are a fellow citizen with God's people. You are a member of God's household. And we together are being built as the foundation with Jesus as the cornerstone for the church. We are his holy temple. We are a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit, and that's together, not isolated and apart, but together. Just as the whole building is joining together, that is us in Christ. So know this here today, that you belong here. You have a purpose, which is why I chose this Romans 12 passage for our reading today, because it speaks to how necessary we all are to the body of Christ. Let's read a little bit of that. It says, 
For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Notice, belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is encouragement, give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. This is a yes to all of us that you belong here, that you have a gift to offer to this community. Can you all say, I have a gift? I have a gift. Yes. That gift is for the building up of our church, the church of God. So if one of those gifts is standing out for you and you feel like a nudge, maybe that's the Holy Spirit in your heart saying, I have a gift for you to use here. And I want you to act on that nudge. So it says, if serve, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. And there's no differentiation in age, in gender, social status, education. So adults, you are welcome to serve in any capacity. Kids, you are welcome to serve with the gifts that God has given you. So I want to invite you and challenge you. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Don't fall into the pit of believing that somebody else will do it or is better than you. No, God gave you a gift for here. God ordained you to carry out that gift and your part in this church. Because honestly, if we all say no to that gift, then what's going to happen to our church? So I'm going to be bold here that if this were to happen, then very few people would be involved in the ministry of our church and they will burn out. Nothing will change and we will not grow and reach people who need Jesus. And then there's a risk of not being faithful to our God who has established this church for us. So if you don't know what your gift here is in the church, I invite you to do three things. To pray about it, to think about the things that you enjoy doing, and then talk to us, pastors, about how we can plug you into those places. And then later in October, we're going to have a gifts discovery class, and we will be helping you in that journey of figuring out where, where can you use your gifts in this place where you belong. And then I want to close with these words, remember and respond. It's all about remembering your identity is founded in Jesus Christ, and then respond to him through worship. Think about our Ephesians passage today. I chose that one because it reminds us of who we are and why we worship God. We worship him because we are blessed. That could be financially, emotionally, physically. I wish I could be blessed physically in many ways. But most importantly, we are blessed spiritually. We have been blessed with the righteousness of Christ, that he looks at us and says we are loved and forgiven. And we have a guaranteed resurrection from the dead and eternal life to come. We are blessed. And then we are chosen. You are handpicked, adopted by Christ. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in your mother's womb. He knows the number of hairs on your head. And he sees you as beloved child. We are forgiven and blameless. He washes you white as snow. He looks at you in a place and says, I have rescued you. I have made it perfect in every way. It says we can know the will of God because God has declared a purpose over you, a place in this world, a place in this church, and he will not abandon you. 
And then it says we are reconciled to God. That means we are not alienated from God. We are not distant from him anymore. Sin does not distance us from our God. He has made a way for us to be with him forever because he loves us. You are not alienated from God. And even though you may disconnect from God, God does not disconnect from you. So when we gather, I want us to experience these truths, to remember and respond to these truths with our mouths as we worship, with our bodies as we worship. When you sing, you can lift your hands, you can kneel, um, whatever helps you connect most with God. And then in our encouragement with one another. Sometimes, though, we forget these truths and we say, I know Jesus loves me, and we think that's enough. And so we hit the pause button on that relationship And then we stop growing, and we stop pursuing, and we stop looking towards Christ. We get in the habit of putting pause on our relationship. And I want you to look at all of these things that God has given you in Ephesians 1, and remember, I want to remember these, and I want to respond to these. So let's make a habit of meeting together. So I'll have a challenge for you to think about. In order to have the church that we wish to be a part of, we, each of us, has to be the church we wish to be a part of. (laughs) If you're thinking, I wish the church would be this, or I wish the church would be that, it begins with us. So I invite you over the next few weeks to think about those things. How can you be a part of us at Emmanuel to become the church that we wish to be a part of? I'm going to close with this psalm. It says, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. And this song is from the 90s. Maybe some of you know it. But I was in high school And in the middle of the night, I would turn on this song, Better is One Day, and it would remind me of the presence of God. And so I want us to think about that word, better is one day in your courts than dot, dot, dot. Is it better is one day in your courts than sleeping in? Better is one day in your courts than working? Better is one day in your courts than whatever else that may be that may pull you away from Christ. Better is one day in your courts, Jesus as your church, and anywhere else. All right, let me pray for us. Lord God, thank you that you are with us here in this church today, that as we gather, would we remember all that we are to you, all that you've done for us, how much you love us. And I pray we would not fall into the habit of not meeting together, Lord, but we would make this a space and a place where we bring encouragement to one another, love one another, and worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.